0: Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch.
1: So, we've been in this series called Equipped. And it's kind of sitting on this foundation of a much larger vision that God has given us for this year of loving community for bold exploration. And Equipped was really about what are the specific tools that God has given us through his Holy Spirit uh, that equip us for the journey. To recognize that, first of all, we're not alone, even though a lot of times we feel that but that God has given us his Holy Spirit, and as the Spirit is working in us, God is beginning to reveal his character through us in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Uh, And so we're kind of wrapping that up today, and I think this is kind of one of the big conclusions that I want us to hone in on this morning. We have been equipped to be the church capital C. We've been equipped to be the church. And I think sometimes this is one of those, those dirty words. It comes with a lot of uh, negative connotations for people. But um, one of the things that I, that I uh, have been so impassioned about is seeing our words uh, redeemed, um, that we choose to, to, to hold on to our language, um, but to, to present it as a new, with a new face, because of how we're choosing to steward these things, and that we've been equipped, you and I, to be the church. And what does that mean? the, The church is, there's so many different analogies in scripture. Sometimes it's talked about as the body of Christ. Sometimes it's talked about as the bride of Christ. Sometimes it's talked about as the temple of God, the place where he rests. And It's it's all of these different images, these different facets of what it means to, to be the church when we bring them together, really help us to understand who God's called us to be, not how we see the church. I think this is very important. Each of us have a very limited perspective of what church is. And it's usually built on our own previous experiences or it's based on things that we've read. And one of the things that we've talked about a lot is how limited our understanding of something is based on the experience of it and that we need that heavenly perspective uh, to to open our eyes to the truth of the way that God sees things, um, but also to allow that divine vision to guide us into something that we don't know. That we can claim something by faith, but we don't really know what it means to experience that. We just had this um, uh, wonderful uh, team-building workshop this weekend with many of the people here who serve. And we were talking about that with being part of God's family, that you and I, we we're the, were the children of God, we're his sons and daughters. But so often we have this orphan mentality um, that we, more than anything we want a family, and more than anything we're terrified of having a family. And the reality is that all of us are stuck in that tension that there's, there's so many ex- past experiences in our lives that have affected our understanding of what family means or what church means, that it kind of, it's this thing that maybe we have a little bit of hesitation to step into. But part of the process of God's healing, of us participating in church, in family, is he gives us these little inklings a bit more and a bit more of what it really means to be part of his family. And before long, we start to let our guard down and we begin to trust God because of his faithfulness to us to really step into being the family, the people, the church, the body, the temple that he's calling us to. And so in this series, Equipped, one of the, uh, the verses that's been so central to me in helping to, to kind of hone in on how the Lord would want to guide us uh, comes from 2 Timothy. And as I had mentioned once before, Paul writes these two letters to a very young pastor of a church in Corinth who weren't necessarily taking him seriously because of his age. And there was a lot of, he was just really struggling with his job. And so Paul sends him these two, these two little letters that are giving him advice on how to really guide this community to be all that God is calling them to be. And then, so I want to take, It's Second um, Timothy one verse seven, but we're going to look at a little bit of a bigger chunk of that passage because I think it really speaks so beautifully to everything that we've been experiencing in these past couple of months. So this is Second Timothy one six to fourteen. Paul says this: For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So this is Paul imparting to Timothy this gift and this calling that Timothy doesn't even fully understand. And this is the line, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He saved us and called us to a holy life. And remember, when we use the word holy, we're not saying that that's some sort of measurement of your morality, but it's saying you have been set aside for a purpose, that you've been given a place, you've been given a home, but now you've got a job to do from that. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it's now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That's why I'm suffering the way that I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I've believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him Until that day, so even in this this little phrase where Paul's talking about his own journey, he says, even I don't fully understand what I'm called to, but I trust that God is going to protect me and guide me through it, and each and every day is a new opportunity for me to learn how to inhabit that divine calling that, that God has for me. And he continues on, what you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit. That was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit, who lives in us. And I think that's such a beautiful demonstration of the challenge that God has for each one of us. That He's given us this deposit. He's given us this gift, and none of us even know what to do with it. We don't know how to quantify it. And so part of our lives is is recognizing, number one, how we've been equipped, but part of the journey is learning to recognize it, to embrace it, to see how far it will really take us. And when we sell short the gifts that God has given us, we end up in a spiritual death, because there's no more journey. There's no more sense of discovery, there's no more uncharted territories uh, for us to step into. But when we really recognize that it's God's gift of his Holy Spirit that's guiding us into the next place, into the new understanding, it carries us through life deeper and deeper as we learn to inhabit this reality that we've been equipped to be his church, his family, his people. And so I think that really brings, brings us to what we have been doing in this past season. One of the most fascinating questions to me is to go, what are we even doing here? Like when we even, let's just, let's just narrow church down to what a lot of us maybe grew up with or I think what a lot of Christians maybe think. It's this place that you go on a Sunday for an hour and a half, if you're lucky, if Ryan doesn't go over his time with his sermon. And we go, what are we even doing here? What is all of this about? And I think that's a really key question. And you go to different churches and you're going to kind of get different vantage points and different perspectives of what this is. And a church that has a strong mission and vision, everything that they do from sound, lights, worship, greeting, whatever it might be, kind of hones in on serving that purpose of doing church. And we've even been talking about it in our leadership recently, like what are we doing? Are we taking that question for granted? Are we just running around doing stuff and and, and making activities and and, and creating these moments uh, just because that's what we've always done? Or do we recognize who God's called us to be specifically as City Beautiful Church? We were talking about this on Tuesday and Stacy brought up this really wonderful point because there's been some really interesting corrections in what church means over the past couple decades uh, in our country as people are beginning to reassess and and, and re-examining these things and kind of the new spiritual climate that we find ourselves in our country. And we were talking about how one of these adages is, you know, church isn't a building, the church is people, right? And we've heard this. And I think that's, that's very true and it's very good. But sometimes what that can do is that it actually just narrows just, just to being people. And Stacy said, you know, a, a family who's homeless is still a family, but it, it's a lot easier to be family when they have a home, right? It's a lot easier when that family has a place that they can come together, that they can call their own, and they can craft an environment to really do the work of learning how to love each other well. And so it's true that church or even to hone it in, city, beautiful church, yes, it's us, it's these people. We don't limit that word to being 1220 Alden Road, you know? It's not about these chairs, it's not about these lights, it's not about these tables, it's not about us doing retreats and workshops and all of this stuff. But all of those things help us to learn how to be the family of God and how blessed we are that we've been given this beautiful space that we can use all throughout the week to come together to learn how to love God and love one another well. And I I feel really lucky that I was raised in this very deep understanding of what church is. I remember actually someone um, asking about the vision of the church not long after I'd moved here and I got really confused. I said, I honestly don't know what you're talking about because I feel like it's kind of the same thing that it's been for 2,000 years. Love God and love people. We've gone about that in vastly different ways. For example, we no longer do things in Latin. That's a bonus, right? Um, we'll maybe do that later, I don't know. Nothing's off the table. Nothing's off the table. I'm just saying, we, we kind of have our cultural norms now. Um, but we, we have been essentially coming around that same idea for, for 2,000 years as the people of God, bound together in Christ Jesus. That we're learning how to love God, and we're learning how to love people. And so when I even think, what are we doing just here on a Sunday? Let's begin there. It's kind of our entry point to church. I've kind of, for me, this is what it is. We come here on a Sunday, to number one, to worship the Lord, and number two, to equip the saints, to equip the children and the people of God to be who God's calling them to be. That's what we're doing here on a Sunday. And that's, my, that's been my mentality, and, and, and even in this past season, it's been so helpful for me to learn how to articulate what I've always believed about church and that I've even taken for granted. I just assume everybody has those same opinions, but in conversation with many of you, I've realized, well, we need to get on the same page of what we're even doing when we do church. And so for me, it's about us coming together to worship the Lord, that's our first priority. That's why we start and end with worship. It's so key that we're able to step into that and be immersed in the presence of God, to ascribe to Him all goodness and honor and glory And then secondly, that we're equipping the saints, that we're encouraging, challenging, and equipping one another so that when we leave, quote unquote, the church, we can continue to be the church wherever we go from this point out. I think another way that I really like to think about it is we come together here on a Sunday to tell God's story over and over and over again until it interprets our lives. And we do that through song, we do that through scripture, we do that through the message. We do that through what we share with one another in testimony. We do it through prophecy. All of these different ways are really us telling ourselves the story of God. Because we're so foolish to think that we read Scripture and think that we're just supposed to interpret it, that we decide what we think it means. But I think it's actually the other way that we become immersed in God's story and it begins to interpret us. God's story tells us who we are. God's story tells us what we've been called to do. And so it's really about us being formed into the likeness of Christ, which we've talked about in this series as well. And so what we're doing here on Sundays sends us out into our daily practice during the week. And we even see this reflected in the early church, that especially the first couple decades um, after Christ's death and resurrection, the church was mostly Jewish. And they were what we would call today messianic Jews. As Jews, they believed the Messiah had come and his name is Jesus. And it was through Paul's ministry that it starts to, to expand to incorporate Gentiles as well. But those, the early church, those Jews, they went to synagogue every Saturday just like all of the other Jews and they worshiped together and they read the scriptures together. And then it was them meeting during the week that's the things that we hear them talking about in the letters that we have that make the New Testament, where they're coming together and kind of experimenting through the Holy Spirit and discovering um, who Christ is, is forming them to be, how the spiritual gifts work, and so on. But they had that rhythm. We gathered together once a week as a large gathering to worship God, to be equipped, and then during the week, in these smaller group settings, we're able to practice what it is that we're hearing is true. And so in that sentiment, that's really what we're doing with this equipped series. And I love how the Lord has done this time and again, and it's been such a helpful, uh, practical vision for us as a community, that we're wrapping up the equipped series uh, on the, today on this Sunday from what we do on Sundays, but we're going to be moving it into the week for the rest of the fall. And so next Sunday, we're gonna be starting a new sermon series called Signposts in the Mist, which I'm really, really excited about. We've even got really cool graphics for it. And, and, but, but really, Signposts in the Mist is about recognizing how the Old Testament points us towards Christ as the full revelation of what God is really like. And so I, first of all, I want to redeem the Old Testament for many of us because we're scared of it or we don't know how to use it properly. Uh, but I also want it to draw us into worship because we see the bigness of God's story and that it's not just kind of like volume one and volume two of the same book and you can kind of do whatever you like with it, but actually seeing there's this progression that has its climax in Jesus as the full revelation of what God's really like. And that if we allow the scriptures to be that, and that's what I mean by infallible. I think the scripture's are infallible if it's for us to point us to Jesus. It will never fail us. Um, We're gonna have a higher understanding of who Jesus is and then by extension understanding who we're called to be. So that's where we're going to be starting next Sunday, but uh, starting next week, we're going to be moving this idea of equipped into um, the week. So before we talk about what some of those opportunities are going to be, we want to take a moment and reflect. If you look on your your sheet, on the back of it, there's this, this one question, what has been most impactful to me in this season? On Sundays, we've been able to hit a lot of different things. We kind of began with this idea that that God has equipped us with choice, that he gives us options and opportunities, and he's inviting us to recognize those, to bless them, and to step into them uh, with authenticity. We've been equipped with God's Holy Spirit specifically in the way that it manifests the fruit of the Spirit. Does anybody learn one of those songs when you were really little to memorize all the fruit of the Spirit and wants to perform it right now? No? We had one like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, because this is the fruit of God's Spirit. You've got to have goodness, faithfulness, kindness, and self-control. Da, 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 da. I don't remember the rest of it, it was a long time ago. Um, but God has equipped us with his Holy Spirit specifically to, to manifest the, the fruits of the Spirit, and that becomes the way that we walk the journey. Uh, God has equipped us with spiritual disciplines and these practices that whether we feel like it or not, help to form us to become more Christ-like and kind of redeem all these little bits of our normal everyday life. God has equipped us with ears to hear his voice, that all of us are capable of hearing the voice of God. And even though it sounds different to all of us in the different language that God uses, there's still this unified calling uh, to recognize his love. Uh, and then finally, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Justin uh, blessed us last week with talking about that fundamental element that God has equipped us with his presence to guide us from moment to moment. So we're just gonna take a moment And I want you to reflect on this past season, these past couple months, and what's been most impactful to you this season? What's the thing that God has kind of animated your spirit with um, that you want to explore more? So let's just take two minutes and, and dive into that. So like I've said before, it's so important for us in our daily and and weekly rhythms to take these moments to reflect on what God has done in the past because that becomes the foundation of gratitude that we can begin to look into the future. So I wanna just talk about some of the things that we're gonna be doing over this next season. The first thing is really this idea of discipleship, um, that we're taking these ideas, these concepts that we talked about on a Sunday, and we're moving them into the week for greater uh, practical application. Uh, And so when it comes to discipleship, this is what we're really talking about. We have been equipped to receive from one another. It's, it's, It's difficult, you know, we can do these little micro experiments here on a Sunday. Um, where we're we're receiving from one another, but it's really when we gather during the week that we're able to receive from one another the gifts, the perspectives, the questions, the answers, whatever it might be, and that's how we continue to encourage, challenge, and equip one another uh, in those more intimate spaces. And there's kind of three three healthy tensions that I have found um, for what really helps us to be healthy during the week. Number one is the tension between belonging and transformation longing and transformation. Um, that when we gather together, what we're inherently saying, as God is saying to us, is you're accepted. You're good enough to be here. You know, you, you're, you're okay. You're allowed to be a part of this thing. And I've, and I've recognized more and more and more that I think one of the foundational sicknesses of the human species is loneliness that we feel disconnection. In fact, if I was to, to peg anything as original sin, I would kinda say that's where it is, that's the start of it. And it's so, so many of the things that we have been wounded by and conversely the way that we have wounded one another and we've wounded God come out of that place of a deep feeling of loneliness. And so I think belonging becomes that foundation that we belong with God, that he has accepted us into his presence and by extension, we offer that to one another But the tension also exists there between belonging and transformation. That God accepts us as we are, but he's not content to leave us in that. He loves us too much just to let us stay in that condition. That God wants to help us to grow. This is what what grace is, God helping us to grow to become more Christ-like. And so we have to have that same expectation for one another That yes, we belong to one another, but we also are used by God for the transformation of those that we're in community with. And as I've talked before, I think you can only end up on one end of the spectrum with belonging, which becomes very permissive, but there's no expectation for growth. There's no such thing as challenge, just it kind of becomes static. Or you can be on that other side where there's only um, an expectation for transformation which becomes legalism that says you've got to change before you're accepted, before you belong. And so when we can kind of offer each other that healthy tension of belonging and transformation, I think that really makes us the kind of community that God's calling us to. The second is encouragement uh, and accountability. And this is where we're talking about deep community. The word in the scriptures is fellowship. You know, we do community really well. We, we spend time with each other, and we go out to eat with one another, and we do all these fun things together. But fellowship is, is choosing to go to that deeper space to talk about spiritual things, to really open ourselves up to one another, not only to be encouraged and exhorted as we continue down the road, but potentially also to be challenged in the places where we're falling short. And again, that's one of the places where our limited experience of this has, has tainted our understanding of what accountability is. That whenever someone challenges us, Uh, in what our behaviors are, our mindsets are, we feel like that's condemnation. But we don't recognize it actually comes out of a heart of because I love you, because I accept you, that's why I want us to give one another permission uh, to challenge one another to grow and to really see our blind spots. And the final one, of course, is freedom and safety. Freedom and safety. We wanna have a space where we're not so boxed in by our limited expectations of one another that we can't grow. Um, and I think that the, oftentimes we shut down places of freedom within our lives out of fear because we don't want to go into the uncharted territories. We want to do it the way that we've always done it. We want to use the language we've always used. We want to just keep it kind of static and safe and self-preservational. Um, and that's, and that's, a, that's a problem. We find ourselves only creating safe, safe what we would call safe places. And I think it's one of the fascinating conversations in our own country we talk about freedom and safety, even from you know, uh, our, our cultural understandings of those. The safer that you are, the less freedom that you have. Right? I mean, think about all the tension with the, 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 you know, about, around gun control or around you know, whatever it might be. These, these are the questions that we're asking one another. But the more freedoms we have, the less safe we are. So how do we choose to exist in that as the people of God? Where we're creating a space of freedom to come before the Lord, to be willing to be surprised and delighted by what we, f- we find because we have this high expectation, but we also have a place of safety where it's okay if we get it wrong. It's okay if we flounder and fail because there's going to be somebody alongside of us to help us in that. So a beautiful tension of freedom and safety. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we're launching uh, starting next week, but I, what I want you to do is to take out your phones and go to citybeautiful.ch slash Praxis, and this is going to be the way that you can sign up for these. We're trying to move more into the digital era era, and save more trees by not printing off sign-up sheets so much. But I just want to briefly mention each of these opportunities, Uh, and you'll see at the bottom of that form, you can click the ones that you're interested in and enter in your email, and then those leaders are going to be reaching out to you next week and kind of giving you more details on what all of these things are. the primary way that we're fo- forming this is we're gonna have a group on Tuesdays, a group on Wednesdays, and a group on Thursdays that are each exploring this idea of being equipped in a very specific way. And that's gonna be every, every, uh, a weekly gathering throughout the fall, and then we have two other opportunities that are gonna be monthly gatherings that are really kind of doing the same thing. So the first one that we have is called Gifts, a really fancy name for this one, Gifts. I'm really proud of our community and how we've continually created these spaces uh, to, number one, gain language for the spiritual gifts, number two, uh, to to recognize which gifts God has given each one of us, and number three, to begin to practice those gifts, again, in that safe environment that also champions freedom. And so we want to do an eight-week uh, group that's really devoted to this idea of taking gifts and making it practical. So every week we're going to have a different person uh, from our community or who is connected to our community come in, and they're going to be teaching about sp- specific spiritual gifts, but a lot out of their experience and how they've come to understand how God's equipped them and how they've learned how to steward those gifts. And then we're going to create space for us all to practice them. And and one of the things that we believe here at City Beautiful Church is that all of the spiritual gifts are available to all of us all the time. But there are certain gifts that God has specifically granted each one of you that become the kind of the the main contribution that you have to the body of Christ. And so we want to discover these gifts and we don't want it to be for a lack of of trying or even exposure to what those gifts might be. And so we're going to create that space for us to come together to learn out of someone's personal experience and then to practice those things. And that's going to be Tuesdays at 7 p.m. right here in the church building. Uh, The next one I'm really excited and interested in is called Holy Temples. And I actually want to invite our friend Kevin Walker to come up uh, and share. Kevin's going to be leading this on Wednesdays. You guys can give him a round of applause if you want. Um, so Kevin, this, this idea for Holy Temples is something that's been on your heart for a while now. We've had a couple conversations about what this might look like, and, and now we're really getting ready to do this in the fall. So what what has been your journey in recognizing that this is the thing that you're called uh, to, to gift our community with?
0: Hey, thanks for having me up here, Ryan. Um, so. I really spend a lot of my time looking at the world around me, and uh, a lot of it recently over the past year has been through the lens of uh, the Lord's prayer for his disciples. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and looking at the world through that lens has brought me back to the realization that it starts with us as the body. And and through being holy temples, uh, temples of the Holy Spirit, as Paul talks about in Corinthians, we can, we can have a, a lens and an understanding of how we pursue God's reconciliation, how we walk into God's reconciliation in the here and now. And, and it starts, I feel like, with, with, with us and with how we think, how we exist, um, the, the whole mind, body, spirit being human, uh, individually and together as the body. So, you know, if I show up
1: here on a Wednesday at se- what, 7 p.m. here, um, what can I expect what's going to be like
0: kind of the general rhythms that you want to establish for us? So um, I'll be providing some uh, healthy food and drink uh, for sustenance for our, for our uh, engaging engaging uh, conversation. Uh, we'll be looking at a, a specific scripture that's related to uh, this concept or the, or the application of of living into um, god's calling for us. And then we'll, um, I'm not sure how this last part will work because it'll kind of depend on the group, but we'll talk about just health and practices and um, both for us as individuals and for us as a uh, Christian community and for us as, as society. So um, the third part is kind of going to be um, me learning from you as well. It's, we want, I want this to be part of this exploration to where we have a space to talk about what does this look like for us to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. What even is the value of Talking about it uh, well it 's cultivating uh, healthy perspectives together so if, if if one person has an idea of weight, what does that mean for me in my life to to be a, an embodiment of the spirit of God and, and a, you know a little Christ as you say a pursuit of of Christ alive in us um, it's, say it again, what's the question? It was, you were Starting with talking, talking like. Uh, what's the value yeah. of talking? Um, so that we can be on the same page w- with how we perceive the world, the perspective of, of what, what do we pursue? The, the mind leads and the body follows um, uh, in most instances. So we have to be seeing things in a similar light to pursue things in a similar way. Great, well, thanks very much, Kevin.
1: So that's going to be on Wednesdays here at the church. Thursdays, I'm going to be leading a group called Renovate. Um, and, and this is really, you know, I, I love teaching about the spiritual disciplines a few weeks ago. Um, we, we did one Sunday where we talked about kind of the general sentiment of what spiritual discipline is and, and its purpose in our lives. And then the next Sunday, I was able to kind of go through some of the spiritual disciplines and talk about them, kind of give a bit of, more of a framework. And so on Thursdays at 7 p.m. here at the church, um, we're going to be exploring some of those spiritual disciplines and then practicing them in the space. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And so the kind of the tagline for this one is seeking practical disciplines for spiritual growth within our individual personalities. Um, and you know, I've, I've really loved uh, helping more people in our community understand their personality, how all of you tick, how you operate, uh, what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think when we start from there and then we look at the spiritual disciplines, it really helps us understand some of the ways that God might be asking us to rearrange our lives so that we can have a spiritual renovation. So those are the three main weekly things that we're going to be doing through the fall. And those are gonna be starting, not this coming week, but the next week. So you have all this week to sign up for those things. The next two that we have um, are gonna be monthly gatherings um, that I'm really excited about. First one is the return of Beloved. How many of you have been to Beloved before in the past? So Beloved is um, the, the first Friday of every month and the kind of the the, the the renewed focus for beloved is come and be with him and with us. And so this is a this is a, a, a space called home. It's going to be at the Singleton's house in Metro West. And it's really gonna be that, that space for people to come together and just be in God's presence and with one another. And it's gonna look a little bit different from month to month, but there's been uh, so much beautiful revelation that different people in our community have had just from having that space provided for them to remind us that we belong, that we're accepted, um, and that we're also called to meet God and one another. And so that's gonna be first Friday of every month, uh, 7 p.m. at the Singleton's house in Metro West. Um, and then the, the next one, is, going to, is a group called Marrieds, and this is the second Friday of every month. And one of the things that, that God really spoke to me at the beginning of the year for our community, he said, I'm strengthening the core. And they didn't really know what that meant, and, and by God's grace, he didn't over-describe it to me, because I probably would have messed it up anyway. Um, and, and it's, I've seen this happening you know, over the past 10 months in our community, and one specific way has been seeing our married and engaged couples come together and to build relationship and to share out of their experiences with one another to kind of encourage us um, in that. And I, I don't believe that it's an accident that one of the main uh, images that God gives us of his relationship to us is through the husband and the bride he uses marriage language. It's kind of that highest picture of what it's like for us and him. And so I think part of what God is doing in strengthening the core of our community in this season is literally bringing together our married and engaged couples and saying, I need you to reflect to the rest of them what it looks like for me to pursue them. Um, And there's been so many amazing stories that have come out of that. We've got couples that are on the eve of marriage, like, oh, I don't know, Daniel Barr and Kaylee Schmidt, maybe. Oh, (laughs) next Friday, it's the day, the day we've all been waiting for. Um, And we've got got couples that have been married for decades. And all all of those different perspectives coming together. Um, And so that's going to be here at the church on the second Friday of every month. So if you are uh, a married couple, if you are engaged and you're kind of on the eve of marriage, this is going to be a really great monthly gathering for you. So those are all of the the groups that we're doing throughout the fall. Um, I encourage you, take that slash praxis uh, form on uh, on your phone and fill that out. Sign up for something if it's not today during this week. And so um, I kind of want to lead us into another experience that's going to help us just to tangibly understand what happens when we gather together as the church is when we learn to receive one another. So I asked each of you uh, to grab five beads of the same color uh, from that table back there. And to me, this is a really helpful, uh, simple demonstration of of what it's like when we come into Christian community is that I come in and I've got my experiences and I've got everything that I've learned and and read and been taught and it's all it's all uniform I see it all kind of the same because it's all my perspective and that's fine but so often my experience of God is severely limited because I've only been on this planet for 33 years I haven't gotten to taste and see all of it And so what happens is that God, you know, I think about in in Genesis 2, God creates Adam, and then he looks at Adam, and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. I think the major, and so he creates Eve. He creates human community. I think it's because he's saying God, you know, that Adam has this complete access to God, um, but he can only experience the reality of God in his own person. And so when Adam has another person who's experiencing God in a slightly different way, in that feminine way, then Adam's understanding of God now becomes greater. And so when you and I, when we come together in Christian community and we share our experiences and and our questions and everything that we're learning about God, we begin to expand our understanding of what God looks like. And and those those kind of monotone beads uh, become multicolored. So we just wanna practice this here for five minutes. I want you to gather with like four people around you and I, I just want you to share, um, going back to that first question, what has been most impactful to me this season? And I want you to share something um, that, that, you, that God has realized in you. And, and I want you to believe that when you share with that person, now their understanding of what God is like has become a little bit more diverse and a little bit bigger. And as you share, I want you to offer one another one of those beads so that everybody ends up uh, with a cool bead rainbow that you can put on your little bit of twine there. It's, we're going back to this camp. It's good. It's all good. So let's just take five minutes, gather in groups of four or five, uh, and just share what has been most impactful to you this season. So I hope you know, even in this very simple demonstration, uh, we can see this visual representation of what happens. You know, uh, you know, testimony. I think is another one of those words we read it in scripture, and, and it sounds very formal, but it's really just us sharing our experiences of God in a way that somebody else is profoundly affected. They're opened up to this whole new possibility of, of what God might be like, of what God might wanna do in their lives. It inspires us and it animates us uh, to continue down the journey. And this is the value of us getting together, not just on a Sunday uh, to worship the Lord and, and to equip the saints, but also during the week that we can continue uh, to be the, the tools by which God refines each one of us. Um, and so not only as a, as a church are we called um, to, to receive one another and, and to enter into that place of discipleship, we've also been equipped to serve one another and the world. So this is as we come to understand our gifts and our passions, um, the places that God has called us in our lives, that we're able to offer that. To the body, to the church, and we're also able to go beyond the church and offer that to a world, to the world around us. Um, like I said, this past you know, Friday evening and Saturday during the day, we had a team building workshop here. We had over 60 people in our church that have chosen to say yes to serving here, come together and we really talked about what does it mean to live as, as, the, as the family of God who's also called to serve one another um, and, and as we advance the kingdom in the lives of those that we've already been called to and bound to, but also when we go out, when we, whether it's going to um, you know, our neighbor's house, going to our job, going to school, or it's going halfway around the world, that wherever we go, we're advancing the kingdom And so over the next several weeks, we're gonna be highlighting some of the ministries that we have in this church that are opportunities for you to step in and serve. Um, And I'm always so enamored uh, by the stories of people in this community that have chosen to say yes in very specific ways um, to to advance the kingdom in the ways that God's equipped them to do. And one of those uh, is through our dear friends Sam and Kristen Blomel. I actually wanna invite them uh, to come up here for a moment if you wanna give them a round of applause. And so, Sam and Kristen, you guys are getting ready to step into this new chapter in your story of working with YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. And they, your main base is out in Claremont uh, right now. And so, um, Sam, you've, you've been on staff there full-time. What is, what's the kind of larger uh, mission that YWAM has, and how does your...
2: How have you found to use your gift specifically to, to help facilitate that? Sure. Well, um if you if you're not familiar with YWAM, YWAM's motto is to know God and make Him known. Um and then our location specifically, we're really um focusing on training and equipping young people, whatever that means. <laughs> um to you, the young people or the training bit? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe both. I don't yeah, I don't know. Um because sometimes you think, well, I'm going to train a missionary to go out and move overseas or do some kind of outreach and share their faith and share Jesus with people. And maybe they need to know how to be an adult. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it happens. Um, but, yeah, so really both of our strengths is, um, should probably shouldn't say this in front of church, but I'm not a very good missionary. <laughs> I I have a hard time, like... Getting someone to say the prayer after me and, you know, committing to have a relationship with the Lord or with Jesus, whatever that, um, yeah, that situation looks like. But I'm really good at helping people understand how God gifted them, equipped them, and I'm so practical. I'm very practical, like, this is how you can know God today in this very practical way, and here's how you can use your strengths and gifts and, uh, to impact uh, the world for the kingdom of God. And so in
1: this next season, Kristen, you're coming on full time with YWAM, which has been a, a, a dream for a little while now, right? And, and um, so tell us, like, you're, you guys are fundraising right now. You're getting ready to step into this new season. So what, what is the, the specific part of that that God's calling you to? The
2: spe- say that last part again. What's
1: the specific part of the, the larger mission of, of YWAM that God's calling you to?
2: I'm gonna hold this if that's okay. It felt so awkward to have you hold it. Um, a few months ago, I did a workshop here on, on Myers-Briggs uh, personalities. So that's something that I've studied for about 15 years now. And over the last four years, I've um, done team training with missionaries before they go out overseas for two months, um, giving them really helpful tips how not to kill your roommate um, based on your personality. Like, yes, you're a perceiver and you're going to tend to be late to everything. And yes, your roommate is a judger. How are you guys going to work together to not kill either of you? Um, Very simple things like that. So I facilitate conversations um, within the teams before they leave overseas. So that's uh, one element that I will do more.
1: So next Saturday here at uh, 6, 6 PM, is that right? At 7 p.m, uh, they're going to be having a fundraiser to kind of help them step into this next season. It's going to be uh, a game night. there's going to be a lot of fun things happening here, and we're, um, we're just kind of letting them use our space to be able to step in this next season. So I highly encourage all of you, if you want to come out, help support the Blommels, hear a little bit more about their mission. Um, that's going to be a great opportunity to do that. So guys, thank you very much uh, for being that faithful witness, to the rest of us.) <laughs> community, um, we are encouraging people to go out, whether it's right here in the city of Orlando, and we have a few partnerships where we're doing that, or it's to go around the world, and we've had this long-term partnership uh, with this church in Lima, Peru, called La Vina, which means the vineyard. Um, And so we're getting ready to to do our next mission trip, but it's gonna be almost like a reverse mission trip. We're actually gonna be fundraising over this next several months to bring the pastor of that church, his name is Guillermo, and his wife and their two kids uh, to the United States. Um, They've never, you know, they've, uh, Guillermo's traveled a little bit, but so few people are able to travel in the way that you and I are blessed with. And so we're gonna bring them here and they're gonna minister to us and we're gonna get to show them around Orlando. And then we're sending them on to a couple other churches that they've had relationship with in the past, because part of what we wanna do is to help that community build a bigger network, a uh, bigger support structure. And so we're gonna have more details about that in the future, but in the meantime, if you guys can be praying for that process, it's actually quite hard for Peruvians to get visas to come here, um, their government is not the squeakiest clean one on the planet or even in the hemisphere. And uh, so, you know, the, that process can be very difficult. But we want to pray for God's favor over that whole process. And our team here are really spearheading um, that movement. And so, we're going to hear more about that in the coming weeks. Um, and so, those are some of the opportunities that we have to serve both within our community and even going half a world away. But you know, recognizing that whatever we're doing has always got that missional perspective, that we're always missionally minded and whatever God's doing right here on a Sunday, what he's doing in our homes throughout the week is always in the service of us going out and continuing to advance the kingdom. Um, so I wanna invite you guys to stand with me and we're gonna continue on in worship and we're gonna be worshiping in one of those very practical ways that we serve Um, which is through our finances. We announced last week that we've reshaped our budget a little bit to meet more of the the realities of how our church is operating right now. Um, But that's, again, that that place for us to be generous. So I'm going to pray. And in the back, on either side, we've set up for uh, us to come to the table of the Lord in communion, to receive from him, to allow his story to shape us from the inside out and then also to give um, in the boxes that are back there. And both of these, just like us singing songs, these are all acts of worship. This is why we gather, this is point number one, that we come together to worship the Lord, to ascribe to him every good thing that we've been given. So I'm gonna pray, together we're gonna come to the table to receive his gifts uh, and to give back to the community as an act of service. So Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you We thank you so much for this past season teaching us how you've equipped us. And Lord, we want to continue that conversation. We want to really learn how to put action to some of the things that you've been revealing. So Father, I pray that even during this time of worship and this week, you would speak to each one of us about where you want to take us as individuals next and that we would find the space in our community to come together with people who also want to go on that journey together. And so, Lord, now as we even step into a time of worship, we pray that you would anoint the body and blood of Christ, um, the, the the bread and the juice that represent to us the sacrifice that's responsible for bringing us together as the family of recon- uh, reconciling us to you. And that you would also bless and anoint our tithes and our offerings. That as we give back to you, we're recognizing that it's all yours in the first place. And so, Father, uh, may this worship be a pleasing sacrifice to you. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Let's come to the table.
0: This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful Ch. We hope you join us again soon.